The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Wednesday. I know. I know. What's so good about it? Well, you know, you're alive. It's another day above ground. You got all that going for you, which is nice. And, um... You, you are on this Blaze Radio Network, a network you built, so you should feel empowered. You should be part of this network. You should participate, either dialing in, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Be a part of the conversation. I'm going to explain why Donald Trump is a genius. I'm also going to explain why I believe Fox News is going to have a comeback uh, in its ratings. It's had a little bit of a slip. Some of that to deal with uh, the loss of of people like Bill O'Reilly, who I happen to think he was not given his day in court. And I, I don't like to see that. But I also, I like to see... Uh, The truth being told, that's why I'd like to have O'Reilly should have had his chance. And speaking of Bill O'Reilly, typically Fridays, Bill O'Reilly joins Glenn Beck in the second hour of the Glenn Beck program. Not happening uh, this week. Didn't happen last week. Glenn's away. When Glenn returns, Bill returns. It makes you wonder if they're on some kind of buddy trip. Are they out hunting and fishing together and we're going to get the real story? You know that's not true because uh, you you can watch what Glenn's up to on his Facebook channel. So, uh, but we will, we will see the return of Bill O'Reilly a week from this Friday, second hour of the show with Glenn Beck. Uh, again, later in the show, I'm going to explain why Donald Trump's a genius. I, I will tell you why, additionally, why I think Fox is going to have a rebound in its ratings. Eventually, the people who have run over to MSNBC and elevated the ratings of people like uh, Rachel Maddow are going to get tired of all the hate. They're going to get tired of all the game playing. They're going to get tired of the fake news. And what am I talking about? Well, I'll give you an example, a really brief example. Last night I'm watching the, um, the show. What's the show with that really old guy? On MSNBC. Oh, yeah, Chris Matthews. 
Chris Matthews, the elder statesman, the guy who was working in the White House in the 60s, a guy who's been around so long. I, I, I just think it's time for a timeout. But last night, Chris Matthews actually asked a question of Senator Whitehouse um, that I, I, I couldn't believe he asked it. This was Chris Matthews, and, and tell me if you can pick up on the strange, the strange reality of this question. I, my head spun around. Does he understand the basic Western, well, the Western cultural world, I should say, notion of limited government? Does Trump understand that? What? What did Chris Matthews just ask? Chris Matthews talking about Donald Trump with Senator, another, a Democratic senator, of course. So you have two Democrats on MSNBC in one of their bigger, higher-rated shows, and they're having a conversation, and Matthews asks this question. Does he understand the basic Western, well, the Western cultural world, I should say, notion of limited government? Does Trump understand that? Of course, the answer from the Democratic senator was no, he doesn't. And then I wonder when anyone's going to raise their hand and go, excuse me, excuse me, sir. If Donald Trump didn't understand limited government, if Donald Trump didn't understand smaller, more constrained government, why, why in the middle of March would President Trump have already signed four bills that reversed rules and regulations that shut down the onerous regulations the overreach of the previous administration on education, federal land use, to name a few. Four rules already canceled by Donald Trump. The Planning 2.0 Bureau of Land Management rule that expanded the government's role in land use decisions. That should be locally held. We didn't need the federal government. There was an Obama-era executive order requiring federal contractors disclose labor law violations and provide employees with information each pay period that allows them to ensure they are being paid what they were due. Now, yeah, everybody wants people to get fair pay, but to pour on these requirements will eat away at profits, especially on smaller businesses, which is what they have on the local level. There were also a couple of Department of Education rules related to teacher preparation programs and public school performance under the Every Student Succeeds Act of 2015. Donald Trump is the guy who is not filling the thousands of government jobs that Obama layered into the federal government because he wants it to be smaller. So, Chris Matthews, for you to ask that question, for you to even think that, is it's beyond Orwellian. The irony is palpable. My outrage is is more also uh, laughing at you as well as my my jaw dropping to realize you can't be this stupid, or perhaps you can be. Maybe it's just you need a timeout, sir. Maybe it's just you need a break, sir. But for you to ask a question about Donald Trump that ends with. Does this guy understand the importance, the concept of small government, limited government? 
It's just so ridiculous. You have to look around and go, did I wake up in bizarro world? You want more proof you woke up in bizarro world? You have to look no further than uh, another MSNBC employee, a guy named Al Sharpton. I have been aware of Al Sharpton for almost 30 years. I worked in New York City radio from 1988 until 2007. I worked around the city and saw Al Sharpton go from rabble-rousing street preacher to a White House advisor on race. Al Sharpton had an easy pass, fast pass to get in and out of the White House during the Obama administration. And this is a guy who also has avoided paying his taxes, has danced around his tax-free nonprofit status for decades. A guy who perpetrated the, the massive fraud of the Tawana Brawley case on the entire country and absolutely got away with it. And now he's paid millions of dollars by MSNBC. He's respected. He's a race hustler. He's a guy who does things for his own benefit. And to call himself a reverend is an insult to everybody who actually lives the word and actually preaches the word. Sharpton is a race-hustling, slick, willy, weasel. And if he were here today, I'd say it to his face. I refuse to call him Reverend. Whenever people are on his show, they go, okay, Rev. Thanks, Rev. No, his, his status as a Reverend is about as legitimate as mine. And yes, I own one of those internet ministries that I paid $75 so I could marry people on the radio. And yeah, I've done it. I bought a ministry through the Universal Life Church of Modesto, California, even a doctorate of divinity, so I could call myself Reverend Dr. Michael Opelka from the first church of the second chance because everybody deserves, say it with me, a second chance. Amen. So Al Sharpton's not a man of the cloth. He doesn't have a church. He's a weasel. He's a hustler. But outside of, we have granted him status in the Democratic Party. We've given him a free pass. He even ran for president. Do you remember that? Sharpton was asked about the Bill Maher controversy as he was coming out of Rockefeller Center in New York City. That's where MSNBC is headquartered, in case you didn't know. Al Sharpton, out on the street in front of Rockefeller Center, was asked about the Maher case because HBO didn't suspend Bill Maher. As a matter of fact, he's going to be on Friday night, and he's going to be, I believe he has um, Ice Ice Cube joining him. Ice Cube is going to join him and going to give him a lesson on the N-word. But this was Al Sharpton's reaction to the Bill Maher story. Gotta ask, man, with the Bill Maher stuff, how do you feel? I feel it was disgraceful. I think that I have a lot of respect for Bill. He's a friend. Been on the show many times, but he is totally wrong. 
This is outrageous. He must be held accountable. There is no joke about using the N-word. I've attacked rappers for it. I went after Imus when he des denigrated those young women uh, yeah. at the uh, Rutgers basketball yeah. team. We went after Rush Limbaugh. You expect people that your friends to even be held to a higher standard. I'm very disappointed in Bill, and I think that to just say it and apologize and not have some accountability is not enough. It seems like he's almost getting a pass on Kathy Griffin, was, uh, you know, she the fault was but terrible I, for her. But What's how do you get a pass for saying something like that? They weren't even talking about race. He just out of, no, out of nowhere took this. Have you felt you got so comfortable with us that you can denigrate us? Imagine if I got on my show and it said that about the whatever the word is for Italians or for Irish or for Jews or for gays. No one would have said apologize tomorrow. You've got to have one standard. And if the N word is not the bad word for blacks, what is it? Can you imagine the same week somebody wrote that word on LeBron James's home's gate? In the same town Bill Maher does his show, and you're gonna end the week doing that? So if he was joking, maybe the guy that did that to LeBron's house will say he was joking too. We can't accept that. So Al Sharpton says we can't accept it. Al Sharpton says that you, you can't have this word out there. You can't say that. You can't use the N-word. And he wants, he called it disgusting. He thought it was a problem. The same Al Sharpton, that's the exact same Al Sharpton who... When David Dinkins, the first black mayor of New York City, was in office. That's Al Sharpton. The same guy who was whipping up a crowd into a frenzy because he didn't agree with everything David Dinkins said. That was Al Sharpton who actually used the N-word to describe David Dinkins to a crowd of people in public, in New York, not once, not twice, but three times. You don't believe me? Well, come back after the break. I'll prove it to you. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Before the break, I was playing a clip from Al Sharpton from yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, as he was leaving MSNBC, and he was asked about Bill Maher and Bill Maher's use of the N-word and whether or not he should be punished. He should face some sort of reaction to that. And uh, Mr. Sharpton had some politically correct things to say, and I can't disagree with some of his analysis 
on uh, on the word and how he's called out rappers who use it. And so that being the case that we agree on that, I have to wonder, I have to wonder what Al Sharpton thinks about himself and about the recordings that surfaced not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I did the story on The Blaze in 2011 when these recordings surfaced with Al Sharpton actually referring to the first black mayor of the city of New York, a guy named David Dinkins, sidebar, horrible mayor, terrible mayor, under Mayor Dinkins, the off-track betting facility went bankrupt. It's pretty hard to make a gambling joint lose money. You know, it's it's just unbelievable to me, but Dinkins staffed it with his friends who knew nothing about running a gambling establishment. And the thing was bankrupt. And But Dinkins, bad mayor, not worthy of being called the N-word by Al Sharpton. And yet this was Al Sharpton way back in the day in New York City when David Dinkins was the mayor. Al Sharpton, the words of Al Sharpton, the guy who just said that Bill Maher and and rappers, nobody should use that word. Al Sharpton, juxtaprogressive, you know, but it gets worse for Al Sharpton. Oh, how could it get worse? You're saying, how could it possibly get worse? He just called the mayor of New York the N-word five times in front of a crowd of people he was whipping up. Well, Al Sharpton was also appearing at a college, Kane College in New Jersey. Yes, he did. Kane College in New Jersey, Al Sharpton talking about white people and specifically how black people were superior to white people And he made some rather disparaging remarks about Greeks and gay people all in one speech. He talked about the white folks was living in caves while we was building empires. Al Sharpton's words, we taught philosophy and astrology and mathematics before Socrates And them Greek, and I'm going to use the word, homos, ever got around to it. You're saying, Mike, that can't happen. Shamont's in my ear going, that that never happened. Al Sharpton never said that, did he? White folks was in the game when we had no empires. We learned to admire them, but they knew to admire us. We built pyramids for Donald Trump. Wait a minute, did he just mention Donald Trump? We built pyramids before Donald Trump ever knew what architecture was. Sorry to stop you, Rev. I'll let you get your flow back. But they knew to admire us. We built pyramids before Donald Trump ever knew what architecture was. We taught philosophy and astrology and mathematics. 
Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Juxta progressive. Now, Sharpton got called out by Jake Tapper, a very young Jake Tapper in 2003, called out for the remark, and Sharpton responded saying, quote, and I'm quoting, homo is not a homophobic term, but I do think the reference is irresponsible and I don't go to it any longer. Didn't apologize, he just said it was an irresponsible reference. This is the same guy who went after Don Imus for saying something ugly who now is going after his friend, Bill Maher, Don Imus, race baiter, racist. He's also said some very disparaging thing, things about our Jewish friends. And yet he is now paid millions of dollars a year from MSNBC. The Reverend Al Sharpton, everybody. And yes, I'm using air quotes around the word reverend. (sighs) Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Puro Pelka. I got to calm down. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, I'm back. I'm calm. And as a matter of fact, I'm calm and I did a little stretching out during the break. Why? Because I can. Thank you, Relief Factor. I do take Relief Factor breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so easy to remember. Relief Factor is an all natural anti inflammatory. Somebody wrote to me. Uh, a, a casual listener wrote to me and said, why, why are you talking about this relief factor? What the heck is it? It's an anti-inflammatory and it's helped a lot of people. It helps thousands of blaze audience members and even a, a bunch of us here. And I used to run a lot, New York city marathons training for long races like that, dozens of 10 Ks, et cetera. And I wore out my knees and my hips were killing me. And about 13 and a half weeks ago, I started taking all natural relief factor. I got the three week quick start pack for 1995. I did just what the ads tell you. I called 800-500-8384. I ordered that three week quick start pack. It showed up. I started taking it right away. You can get the details at relieffactor.com. You can find out what I found out, what Doc Thompson found out, what Brad Staggs found out, and so many others found out. I no longer need any pain relief because the irritation is gone, so the inflammation is gone, so the pain is gone, and it's natural. I was a guy who took a handful of, of over-the-counter, those green gels, you know the ones I'm talking about, supposed to relieve pain. I was doing that every day, stopped that 11 and a half weeks ago. 
you can too. Check out Relief Factor. Most people see results 7 to 10 days. Mine was on the 8th day. Call them, 800-500-8384. It's called Relief Factor, and it works for me. Uh, So much going on today. I am going to tell you about Donald Trump being a genius. I am going to explain to you why I believe Donald Trump is a genius. I'm also going to take a few more shots at the Senate Intelligence Committee that's holding these endless hearings that aren't going to get anything done. And we have to talk about Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, of course. (sighs) Putin was interviewed last week by Megyn Kelly, and it paid off for Megyn Kelly. It paid off for NBC. They had gigantic ratings when uh, Megyn Kelly interviewed Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is also the subject of a brand new, a brand new feature from uh, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone is talking to Putin, and it's going to be on Showtime. I think it's going to be before the end of the month, they are saying. But one of the interesting things about Putin is what, what has turned up now. Putin, what a shock, is an unfiltered, unapologetic jack wagon. For example, we all know Putin is a guy who likes to think he's the he's the, still the high school jock, right? He's 64. Vladimir Putin is 64. When, when uh, Oliver Stone showed up with his camera crew, Putin had already staged some events for him to witness. No, he wasn't riding the horse shirtless. You would expect that to happen, right? No, Vladimir Putin instead decided to do the other thing that he does at least once a year, and he sets up the ice hockey game where he plays against the team of of, uh, guys who get out of his way. This, this is just my favorite thing. If you watch these videos when they come out, Putin Putin does, does this thing where he's on the ice, full hockey uniform, he's skating. And let's remember, he's 64 years old. He's in good shape, but he's 64 years old. You're not going to play against a 25-year-old hockey player at 64 the same way. The reflexes just aren't there. The skills aren't there. And if Vladimir Putin had truly been that great of a hockey player... He would have been on the Russian hockey team instead of busting heads with the KGB. He would have had Olympic gold instead of the goldies stolen from other people. So Putin puts on the fake hockey game for him and Oliver Stone gets to see him playing ice hockey. And he claims he exercises every, every day. He's sounding to a little bit more like Kim Jong-un and, and Kim Jong-il, the, the North Korean leaders. But uh, Putin also announced that uh, he basically never has a day off. He, he doesn't need to take a day off because in his own words, and I'm going to use my best Vladimir Putin bad accent. I am not a woman, so I do not have bad days. I am not trying to insult anyone. It is just the nature of things. There are certain natural cycles. So Vladimir Putin is saying that men, men are, are able, only men are able to never take a day off because 
there are certain natural cycles. Can you imagine if an American politician had said that, the blowback that would happen? There'd be calls for resignation, you sexist pig, yada, yada, yada. He talked about his stamina and told Oliver Stone that he does not have a day off because of his gender. Now, Russia's also pretty oppressive when it comes to gays in their nation. We've heard about people being locked up. You saw what happened to the female punk band Pussy Riot, where they were persecuted. Well, uh, asked about homosexuals in, in Russia and asked if there were a homosexual on a submarine, if Putin were in the Navy, would he shower next to a homosexual man while they were both serving on a submarine? Putin's answer tells you everything you need to know about him. He says, again, in my bad Putin voice, well, I prefer not to go to shower with him. Why provoke him? He seriously said that. Why provoke him? As if the sight of a naked Vladimir Putin is going to drive a gay man crazy with desire. Pooty Poot, you are too much. And then he also added, after saying, why provoke him? But you know... I am a judo master. So what are you saying, Vlad? If some guy were to come on to you, you'd, you'd judify him, you'd chop him up, you'd Jackie Chan him? This guy's the greatest. This series, this interview will be featured on Showtime. I wish we had a preview. Right now we don't. So that's the, the latest from the Putin file. Uh, just insanity. Uh, and I mentioned the Kim Jong-un situation. Kim Jong-un has a, a response. The rest of the world responded to Donald Trump pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord uh, the day it happened or the day after it happened. But apparently the word has just gotten to Kim Jong-un that uh, Donald Trump has pulled America out of the climate deal. And uh, Kim Jong-un, through the foreign ministry spokesperson from North Korea, is slamming Donald Trump for pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, this is another reason why I'm going to explain to you why Donald Trump is a genius. Another, yet another reason. Pulling out of the climate deal. Kim Jong-un said that Donald Trump is selfish for pulling out of the climate deal. He said this is the height of egotism and it shows that the U.S. is in a moral vacuum seeking only their own well-being. Aren't we the country that helps you feed your starving people? Or at least we think we're helping you feed your starving people, Mr. Kim Jong-un. But you take all the money and everything anyone would send you in terms of relief and you turn it into, oh, I don't know, missiles that you're thinking about shooting at everybody? So when you're calling us selfish, when you're calling us morally bankrupt and living in a moral vacuum in the height of egotism. The guy who is basically starving his own nation so he can have his cognac and his Western hookers imported. I, I got to take a break. I, this, this guy's such an idiot. When we come back, okay, it's time. You've asked you will get it. I will explain to you the rest of my theory about Donald Trump. Genius. That's next. I'm Pure Opelka. 
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I promised you I would uh, break down why Donald Trump is a genius. I, I woke up this morning and it hit me. Bing! Donald Trump, genius. Uh, a couple reasons why, but let me first of all give you a little bit of what he's doing today. The president landed in Cincinnati not long ago, and he got off Air Force One. He was getting ready to go meet with some people and give a, a speech at Air Force One. But here's the, the fascinating thing, another sidebar. We talked about Fox having a little bit of a comeback, and I think CNN's in some hot water. Fox was the only news net that showed his initial remarks right off Air Force One CNN was waiting at the arena where he was going, at the Riverside event he was attending. But Fox actually stopped because the president had a microphone set up. And this was Donald Trump about 35, 40 minutes ago. Obamacare is in a total death spiral. And the problems will only get worse if Congress fails to act. Obamacare is dead been saying it for a long time. Everybody knows it. Everybody that wants to report fairly about it knows. So the president did a couple of things there. First, he gets out of D.C. because he knows, and again, genius alert here, he knows that the press will have to follow him. And he knows the A-team of the press, the top reporters will have to follow the president. So he gets out of D.C. and makes a quick jump on a flight, short flight to Cincinnati, steps off the plane, and makes a a little address before he goes to make his big address. And he actually lays out the reason, the latest reason, why Congress should get back to work on health care because it's in their hands. It's in the hands of the Senate right now. The House got a bill through. The Senate is going to rewrite it, and then they will reconcile But the Senate needs to do something other than holding these intelligence hearings that are a waste of time. So Trump's making it real hard for them. He's absolutely doing the right thing without leaning on them. And I, I think this is brilliant. And he also talked about the American worker. He went back to talking about the importance of the American worker and why we need to have I think he was talking about tradespeople. This goes back to the Mike Rowe story about how many great jobs there are available for people with a trade skill. People that can can have jobs forever. So Donald Trump's out and about. Like I said, he's in Cincinnati talking about uh, the the workers, talking about health care. He talked about infrastructure, saying America must have the best, fastest, most reliable infrastructure anywhere in the world which if we make those capital improvements in this system, we will then see more jobs and a lot of those in the trades area. 
coming into, into reality. And, and they'll, those are jobs that will go on for years. And those jobs could power this president and the economy through 2018 and all the way to 2020. But like I said, he made these, these comments, these statements about health care. And I, I think that's going to be one of the things that he will be able to push the Senate on. So back to Donald Trump, the genius. What more do I have to say about Donald Trump, the genius? As they were getting ready to talk about Jim Comey's testifying, as we're 19 hours, 5 minutes, and 45 seconds away from Jim Comey testifying, according to the CNN ridiculous countdown clock, what did Donald Trump do this morning? Uh, he released his pick his nominee for uh, the FBI, Mr. Gray, a guy who had, uh, a Mr. Ray, not Mr. Gray, uh, Mr. Ray, who has been in both the Department of Justice, who has been in the, the federal court system, a guy who's also been in a private white shoe law firm, and he looks like he's a great candidate. So Christopher Wray tapped to be the next FBI director and Donald Trump distracts once again the media and the House and Senate from all of this whispering about collusion. But wait, there's more. Yesterday, in a discussion with lawmakers, Donald Trump talked about the, the wall. We haven't heard about the wall in a while, have we? When he talked about the wall, he talked about envisioning a wall that's 40 to 50 feet tall. That's a big wall. 40 to 50 feet tall, and guess what's on top of the wall? No, it's not the name Trump. He's talking about putting solar panels atop the wall along the southern border. Take that, Democrats. What are you going to say? We don't want to build Donald Trump's wall. Donald Trump gets to say, I guess you hate free green energy don't you donald trump brilliant two maybe three great moves today you're you're seeing the guy showing us the art of the deal we'll be right back